I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm Dave Sulecki. And I'm PJ Doran. And this week we have as our guest, Chad Watts. Moto America, the home of the AMA Superbike Championship featuring 190 mile an hour superbikes is the official sponsor of Pit Pass Moto. There are nine rounds of racing this season featuring the 190 mile an hour Onos Superbikes. All 20 of those races are airing live on Fox Sports. And of course, you can catch all of the Moto America action on Moto America Live Plus streaming. That's what I watch when I'm not there. Due to the huge success in 2020 of the King of the Baggers series, that returns this season with V-Twin Racing at Road Atlanta, Road America. Those two rounds are done. The final one upcoming at Laguna Seca. Follow Moto America on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This past weekend in motorcycle racing news, we had the MotoGP of Austin with Fabio Cordoraro coming out on top of his teammate Maverick Vinales over Johan Mir. The big news on the weekend was Maverick Vinales splitting from Yamaha at the end of this season. Also, congratulations to World Superbike rider Garrett Gerloff for his P17 finish at Austin. The overall in MotoGP currently stands with Cordoraro on 156, Johan Zarco on 122, and Bagnaya on 109. Moto America had a great weekend of racing at the Ridge. Superstock race one, we saw Alexander over Jake Lewis and Michael Gilbert. Superbike race one saw Jake Gagne on top step over Heron and Cam Peterson. Stock race two saw Alexander do the double over Ashton Yates and Travis Wyman finishing out the podium. Superbike race two saw Gagne doing the double again over Heron again and Loris Baz. The overall Superbike points currently stand with Gagne on 175 over Matthew Skoltz on 131 with Heron coming up in the rear with 123 points. Final bit of results that I've got for you were from the Lima American Flat Trek Series and production twins. Johnny Lewis topped Ryan Varnes and Corey Texter in the singles class. We had Henry Wiles over Max Whale and Morgan Mishler. In Super Twins, Briar Bauman came out on top of Brandon Robinson and Jared Vanderkoy. Great racing from Ohio. How'd it go in the off-road world? This past weekend, we have results of the MXGP of Great Britain, which was at Matterley Basin. And in the MXGP class, Antonio Cairoli brings it home with the win with a 1-3 to finish first overall, followed by Tim Geyser, the defending world champ, who finished second with a 4-1. And Antonio's teammate on KTM, Jeffrey Hurlings, finished third with a 3-4. So you're standing so far this year. Tim Geyser continues to lead with 93 points, followed by Jeffrey Hurlings sitting on 78. And in third sits Romain Fabra with 73 points. 
In MX2, we have Maxime Renault, who finished first with a 1-2 overall, followed by Mattia Godagnini on his KTM, finished 4-1 for second overall, followed by Ruben Fernandez in third with a 2-6. So your standings in MX2 so far this season, Ruben Fernandez leads the series with 79 points, followed by Maxime Renault sitting on 74, and closely right with him is Maxime Bozraim, who's sitting on 74 points also. In GNCC racing from Snowshoe, West Virginia this past weekend, we have results from the XC1 class. Ben Kelly takes the overall with a first, followed by Stuart Baylor, who finished second. And Jordan Ashburn brings it up in third, so that's your podium and your standing so far this year. Ben Kelly continues to lead with 212 points, followed by Stuart Baylor with 203, and sitting in third is Jordan Ashburn with 158. This week's Pit Pass trivia question is, name the first rider in AMA motocross to record a perfect race season going undefeated for 24 motos. What was the year and the motorcycle brand? We'll be back with that answer after our interview with Chad Watts. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We'd like to welcome to Pit Bass Moto today, Chad Watts, a former factory wrench and owner of Watts Perfection. Chad, we want to welcome you to the show, man. Thank you. And uh, I know it's a busy part of the year for you. You've got uh, a lot of events coming up, things like Loretta Lynn's are right around the corner in August. And um, I know you're working on some fun projects for that. Can you talk about any of that? There's one good project going on for Loretta's that the rider's name I'm not going to mention, that I'm actually bringing my tool bag out. I ain't wore since 03. Go to the line with the person, and I'm building the motor, the carburetor, et cetera, for that, plus all my other riders that are going to be there. That sounds like a busy week for you, then. I'll be sleeping on a freaking blow-up mattress here at my shop for the next nights trying to get bikes done. That was actually one of my next questions was, uh, how are things going? I know COVID really changed the landscape of power sports and repair work that uh, that shops like you are doing. What was the the fallout of all of that? Well, North Carolina, that's where I'm, the business is located at. They did shut down small businesses, but I went to south of the border, SOBMX, and stayed down there for 10 weeks because they were not shut down on small business. And so I worked there, took care of the riders there, and if something needed to be done, stuff got shipped there, and I shipped it to customers so I could still continue to, you know, to make income. You've got such a, a long storied history. I'd like to get into that a little bit. But uh, what are your favorite bikes to work on, the modern bikes or the vintage bikes? When it comes to the vintage bikes, I only do like one-off works stuff when it comes to those. 
modern bikes, they're all the same to me. A motorcycle is a motorcycle. You know, whether it's two-stroke or four-stroke, I enjoy the fact of making horsepower slash torque instead of just bolting stuff together. I want to make an improvement, whether it's chassis-wise, motor-wise, and complete build. Tell me, how did you get your start in the industry? What was the thing that kind of kickstarted you and got you got you into motorcycles to begin with that led you down the path? Well, I should have continued playing baseball and went to college for that and done the farm life. I'd probably have more money than what I have now. But my parents got me a bike like in 85, an old XL125, and then got a YZ125. I think it was an 82 or 81 that had the radiator behind the front number plate. Well, the transmission broke on it. Well, came to Bars Competition, who I rent a building from at this current time next to his building, and brought it here. Well, the day I turned 16 years old, I called Bobby up, say, hey, can I get a job? And he gave me the job. I was 16 years old and started from there. And now I'm 49, so been doing it a long time. What's impressive is that you've uh, excelled not only that, you haven't burned out because so many people in this industry, like other industries, you get all the way in and then there is a, an amount of burnout. And as you uh, said, you're still actively involved in uh, things like Loretta's that's coming up and you're involved with a bunch of guys. How do you keep it fresh? I mean, do you, do you feel burnout at any time? If I feel burned out, I just lock the shop up. I go home. My parents have a 110-acre cattle farm. Just get on the tractor, put hay out, cut grass, weed eat, turn my cell phone off, and just get away for a day or so. That's my relaxation. And, of course, play with my little 11-year-old daughter. Chad, I know you've worked for so many big names in, the, in, the, in racing over the years. Ryan Hughes, Ricky Carmichael, just to name a few. Pichon, Mike Brown, actually, was the one I was trying to think of. So... Of all those riders, who was the hardest on equipment? The guy that you just regretted? You just, man, when they got back to the pits, you knew you had your work cut out for you. No, it was enjoyable. But by all means, this guy could tear up a junkyard with a glass hammer. Rhino. He could go through stuff like crazy. I mean, he was just hard on equipment. He just had to stay on top of it. You know, he was just wide open. Ricky, of course, was wide open also. And like, especially at Honda, his three practice bikes were the same as his race bikes. So he always had two in Florida. He'd use them for two weeks, one bike. He'd get shipped back. I would build the motor for the practice bike that was there that had sent back prior two weeks ago. Build the motor. Jonathan would put it in the chassis, redo the chassis, and send it. So every month, there was two practice bikes going in and out. But he rode a lot. Now, Pichon, I built him one practice bike in 96. I think the only thing I had to do was put one or two top ends in it, maybe a tire every month, because he never rode. That's an interesting comparison when you look at the two different riders on the track, too, because they, you know, one seems more aggressive than the other. You have, you know, to your credit, uh, you know, a long career in, in the business and in the industry, and you were the guy behind that 2002 perfect season with Ricky Carmichael. Tell me what that was like for you. Overall, it was pretty incredible. Luckily, we did have no issues, no flat tire, no broken spoke, no internal engine, no nothing. The only thing we had happen was after the first moto, I believe it was Millville. I had my bike done. He was going to the line. I said, I'll bring the bike. 
Well, I got to looking, and there was a on our CR two fifty engine cases. We had a part that was not stock but legal, and I was just sitting there eating a sandwich, and I looked, and I said, "Oh crap!" I looked and had a hairline crack in it. So I radioed and got uh, Cliff White and Goose. Goose came back. It was just a small part. It only took like five minutes to change. That was the only thing. Not It would have not caused a DNF by no means. But I want everything to be perfect once the gate drops. But, yeah, that was incredible. And me and Ricky were not nervous until on the line, the second moto. Ricky looked at me and said, oh, shit, we can do this. I said, dude, just get the whole shot and get the heck out of Dodge, and I'll see you at the finish. And it happened. It's incredible. It was an incredible feat, that's for sure. I, I just can't imagine that last moto had to be extremely stressful. Did I tighten the seat bolts? Is that axle nut torqued? All of those things going through your head that time? I'm not arrogant, but I wasn't worried about none of that. I only had one DNF in my career all them years, and it was at the first moto at Southwick at that mud race in 98. Three of the four KX125s blew up on the track. Casey Johnson made it across the finish line, and his blew up on the way back to the uh, semi. And uh, Mitch said, well, I'll take the responsibility. I said, no, I build the bike. I take the responsibility. Next moto, we had to do a lot of different changes, which we did prior. But we had to go more extreme for detonation, et cetera, et cetera, because of the uh, load on the bikes. And uh, I told Ricky after that, I said, man, it's a machine. It has a mind of its own. And I will do everything in my capability to make sure it does not happen again. Along those lines, was there a moment that really stood out for you that mechanics don't often get to say, I could really see that my difference, that I was the difference in any particular race. Is there a moment that stands out for you that you really are glad you do things the way you do, where you, you felt maybe your performance was crucial to the the overall outcome. Of course, it always is when you're building the motor, but was there one moment that stands out? As far as the past of racing with all the riders, I would have to say the best enjoyable moment I ever had was in 2000 in France. It was Rhino, my old rider, of course, Carmichael. I was there with him in Pastrana, and we won. So I had my old rider, and my current rider on the team. And when they did the national anthem, da da da, that's the coolest thing ever. And plus, also, Dallas, when I gave Ricky the, because uh, that year in 2000, we won what, I think 13 out of 16 Supercrosses. And we clinched it at Dallas and getting that pit board to Ricky. That was a cool moment, too. Chad, we want to thank you again for joining us on Pit Pass today. Our time is running out, unfortunately, uh, but uh, I want to at least give you a chance to give a shout out to where people can find you. Where's the best place to contact you and get some Watts perfection done to their own machines? Well, I kind of say low key. So on Instagram, um, D is in David, C is in Charlie, W, the number two, four, zero. And on Facebook, I'm just Chad Watts. I'm located in Shelby, North Carolina under Watts Perfections, but I am moving the business after Loretta's to South of the border. S-O-B-M-X. New shops getting built, dyno, mill, lay, et cetera, is getting put in. And I have five, six tracks there to test on. So me, the wife, and the daughter are moving there. I'll have everything I need right there. There's a campground so riders can come and there are toy haulers. They'll be able to park, hook up the powers, 
you know, sewer. So it's going to be a good arrangement. Outstanding. Now we know where to find you. And good luck with the move, Chad, and good luck with your season this year. And uh, really great having you on the show today. All right, you boys have a good one. Thank you very much. Thank you to Chad for speaking with us today. This week's Pit Pass trivia question was, name the first rider in AMA motocross to record a perfect race season going undefeated for 24 motos. What was the year and the motorcycle brand? The answer, of course, is the great Ricky Carmichael did it in 2002 for Honda, and his mechanic that season was Chad Watts. It was amazing, and nobody thought it could be done, but... Wouldn't you know, Ricky Carmoco comes back two years later and does the same thing. 24-0 for a season in 2004. Oh, an amazing rider. In upcoming Moto News, we will have Moto America at Monterey July 9th through the 11th. And World Superbike will be going this weekend to Donington Park, July 2 through the 3rd. We've got AMA Outdoor Motocross coming up at Redbud, Michigan on July 3rd. MXGP of Italy in Majoria, Italy, which will be July 4th. And GNCC Racing is on the summer break, and they will pick up their next round in September at the Mountaineer, which is in Beckley, West Virginia, September 11th and 12th. Thank you again for our guests for being with us today, and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you can never miss an episode. If you have a moment, please rate and review us. We really appreciate it. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit pitpassmoto.com where you can check out our blog. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson, Chris Bishop, producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. I'm PJ. And I'm Dave. We'll see you next week. Have a good ride. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.